Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Thank goodness it's time for a practice report brought to you by Byers Auto Spring Ball. Underway for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Early morning Tuesday practice. First of 15 in March and April for Ryan Day's team heading into his fourth season. Let's break down everything we learned from a wow. relatively brief viewing period and then an hour and a half with Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, and Kevin Wilson. A lot to process. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. I don't even know where to begin, and you can go any direction you want, Berm. When you leave today, what will be the first thing you think about? The first thing I think about is how I love the first practice of the year because out here taking photos, I'm like, ooh, new person, ooh, new person, ooh, new person. And then I'm 18 minutes into the 20 minute period and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to take a photo of CJ Stroud. <laughs> um, because you know, Don't we have a few of those? I mean, you got a few, but you still want to upgrade it. People are looking for who got swole in the off season. And mm. uh, you know, I think the thing to t- today was that we're, we're just seeing a, a new program on defense. There's a lot of guys looking like, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but you noticed that there was some some juice, a little bit of uh, a little pep in the step, so to speak. And uh, I think that's a byproduct of just having new coaches where all these guys are starting on, on even ground. And it's an opportunity for new guys, old guys alike to say, hey, this is my my chance to impress these new coaches. It's kind of crazy because I, I figured that I would walk in and that would be my number one takeaway. But maybe it's a recency bias just talking to Kevin Wilson and we just talked to Ryan Day. But like every time you bring up guys who have impressed, it's Jaden Ballard. And that's going to be my takeaway from practice one. I don't, you know, he didn't. It didn't look like he was much different looking in, you know, stretching lines and in the drills that they were doing. We didn't really get to see a lot. But then you talk to these coaches, and you know, who's a guy who, who's really impressed during winter workouts? Well, it's Jaden Ballard. And you talk to Chris Olave, who's impressed you? You know, that's going to be next. Oh, it's Jaden Ballard. And you talk, you look, go down that line of wide receivers, and you know the, you think you've figured out the pecking order, maybe. And then this guy starts to emerge. And all of the talk is going to be on defense, linebackers, safety, you know, all of the Jim Knowles speculation on what he could do. And then there's just that, that, uh, you know, snowball building, I guess, toward Jaden Ballard maybe starting to break out here this spring. That's, that's going to be a takeaway I have. Yeah, takeaway I had was I looked at 29 and I went on defense. I went, man, Denzel Burke's gotten a lot bigger. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and then I'm going, that's not Denzel Burke. That's uh, Court Williams. Man, does that guy look like a linebacker playing – defensive back, although he may be a, a defensive back playing linebacker before this thing is all uh, settled out. But the other thing was uh, watching Mitchell Melton work the little bit of limited time at that uh, rush defensive end for one of the term, uh, that stand-up guy. Uh, in some of the drills, they did have him. He and, he and Jack Sawyer were both standing up occasionally and doing some things, just a little glimpse of what might be coming. But uh, those two guys jumped at, out, out at me immediately as wow. I mean, uh, this is this team is going to have a different look, maybe even in personnel uh, as this year goes on, but with with the Jim Knowles defense. Well, the way Jim Knowles uh, describes and teaches and handles everything uh, through a couple of press conferences, that's just with us, is pretty impressive, and yeah. it was really in- informative to hear when you're talking about Court Williams and and this bandit safety. Now, Josh Proctor uh, was limited; he's not going to be playing. I, I wouldn't think in that position anyway. He'd be more of the adjuster. 
which is another new term that we heard today in yeah. the free safety role where Ronnie Hickman was. Uh, learning bandit, learning adjuster, learn the nickel, a really creative name for yeah. that fifth defensive back. How they're going to fit them all on the field. Leo, well, he, he even admitted, uh, why not just go with what, what works? With right? what works. And then the Leo and Jack, but you saw Court Williams and, you know, I think Ohio State for just one day is pretty intent on having this guy. We've, we've talked about his leadership and, you know, the road back from the injuries, and we saw how well he played in the Rose Bowl. you, you got to find a way to use him, and it certainly looks like Ohio State will. Uh, talked about the Leo and the Jack, and he dropped names like Kate Stover and didn't say specifically that Mitchell Melton would be doing that, but you can put the pieces together. Uh, they haven't got into that part of the installation, but if you send him down there to work on pass rush drills uh, with Larry Johnson, that's a pretty clear signal that, that his hand could be in the dirt or standing up and, and doing some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So even for one day and 20, 30 minutes that we watch with no team drills, you can start to get a better feel for what, what the personnel is going to look like. Now, Cam Brown was also not participating. So that means somebody like Jordan Hancock or J.K. Johnson have an opportunity. Legend Cavazzo said, well, as well at cornerback. Court Williams is part of that when you're talking about Josh Proctor and Lathan Ransom not being out there. Uh, you know, Harry Miller uh, is going to be out for the rest of spring, just to name some guys who have played or started games before. Zach Harrison uh, is injured right now. Javante Jean-Baptiste, neither of those guys are out for the spring. We're going to have a full list of those guys available at LettermanRow.com. But uh, you can, this team is healthy and talented. And there's a lot for Jim Knowles to work with. It's just funny to me because this is going to be the least talked about best offense in the country hmm. all year long. Because everything we're going to talk about all spring, everything we're going to talk about all summer, everything we're going to talk about in the early part of the season is going to be about the defense. And is it better? Has this been fixed? And I think you just see one of the things that Jim Knowles was talking about was just moving parts. And, and this defense has so many of them because you still can employ or deploy the the bandit along with the bullet and then take the bullet off the field and put in the leo or the jack and then you can still go to the traditional four down i don't think the bullet i think they all I exist think, why can't the, they i think they can all intermingle <laughs> right you can you can decide if court williams needs to be on the field at the same time as ronnie hickman then you can maybe move court down into that alternate linebacker reality and put hickman back at the bandit <laughs> you just don't know i mean this is the fun part about it we <laughs> we haven't really had any concept of what Jim Knowles is trying to do. Yeah. And he's never had pieces like this to play with. And I think that that will force him to maybe make some adjustments that are going to look different than what we saw on tape at Oklahoma State. Agreed. That was the bullet is one name that we did no longer hear. I think, just heard it for the first time. I think it's official. Mark it on the board. I think the bullet is officially dead and Spencer Holbrook killed it. Yeah, I guess we did. We, we all killed it because we never knew when it was on the field. But that's the thing about this defense. You're going to have a lot of questions about it, but you'll at least kind of understand what's going on. And, and I think that's where I'll give Austin a point. For me, I, I said that I think the Leo is going to be more like the bullet where you never know when it's on the field. But the more you listen to Jim Knowles talk, the more you think it's going to be a defined spot. And the more you think that no matter who's on the field, it's going to be organized. And I think that's the biggest thing right now because that defense last year, if nothing else other than bad, it was disorganized. Yeah. And there were guys running off the field all the time, and yeah. mass substitutions and weird uh, lineups and different linebackers on every possession. They're going to be organized. And one day of practice, not really knowing where they were going, it still all looked organized. And that's the thing that I'm gonna take away from this on defense. Yeah, and the beauty of that Leo is you can have Jack Sawyer, he can be a Leo. But he can be on the field as a four-down uh, hand in the uh, hand in the artificial turf yeah. defensive end too, you know. And uh, that's and the, you know Kevin Wilson kind of brought it up in talking about what they were looking at across the line of scrimmage there on that defense is the unpredictability, uh, at least on first glance, of what you're going to get from this defense is going to be I think very special, a different 
maybe a little bit of a different uh, twist, although they've tried to disguise things in the past. But mm -hmm. uh, that to me is like a, with Jim knows, I'm, I'm gonna write a story about that if you don't mind about just the teaching aspect of things is you've got, you know, this is a big teaching moment for these coaches. And uh, and Ryan Day thinks he got a very big time premier teacher in Jim Knowles to bring this thing to fruition. But it's gonna be interesting to watch it develop as as Berm said, we're gonna be looking yeah. at that more than we are who, who the three receivers are on the field. Uh, a couple more things that just stood out to me. Number one, I thought it was interesting that Jim Knowles was not committing to the idea of staying in a four down situation permanently, which is a would be a huge departure for Ohio State if that's not the the base defense. He said we're gonna do it this week and see what happens. Well I think which let me is just interesting. Quickly interject on that because I it was something else that these guys brought up with the amount of substitutions. When you're talking about Cade Stover or Mitchell Melton, Melton potentially playing there and Jack Sawyer to some extent, yeah. you're talking about being able to leave the same eleven guys on the yeah. field and shift between that. And I think that's what you're mm -hmm. talking about is important. That fourth fourth guy, the, whether it's Russian or Leo or whatever you want to call it, you may not have to sub that out. And I think that's what he's trying to get to. The look may not be four guys with their hand in the rubber pellets. But if that means you have to take a Zach Harrison or or, that's, that's my or yeah. someone else off that's, the field, well, that's, a good one. That, that's, a, that's going to be a change. I mean, because if you think about this new terminology he's talking about, they have the rush end and then the end. JT Tumaloa was sort of, to me, set as the end, right? He's that, that bigger bodied end position who can maybe move into a three tech at times, but then who's going to be off the field when that comes to fruition. Second point to, you know, last year they had a ton of substitutions. Yeah. This year they're going to have a ton of substitutions, but they're players that know what they're doing yeah. and they're players that have experience and there's nothing wrong with mass substitutions. That's why you have 85 of the best players in the country. The problem is when you have substitutions and guys don't know what they're doing and coaches aren't getting calls on the field quickly enough to make sure that they know what they're yeah, doing. We talked so. about that on my podcast, Austin and I did, about the fact that Jim Knowles is benefiting greatly. So is Perry Eliano and, uh, and, uh, and Tim Walton, the new secondary coaches, from guys who have been through some fire, you know, and uh, I, just to see if he can take that to that next level and uh, exploit that, I think is what's going to be intriguing over the next several weeks. I don't know if I'm reading it the right or wrong way. Time, time will tell. But when you, what you're talking about, Burn, with getting all these guys and 85 of them involved, I feel like this shift with Jim Knowles is more about if you're tired, if you if you have an injury, if you need the backup, that they will understand the role, but that there will be the ability to put 11 guys on the field and not have to mass substitute within a possession, which is what Ohio State tried to do last year. They're going to specialize. They're going to play matchups. Well, if Court Williams can play Bandit, or third linebacker, if Cade Stover can play linebacker or Leo, if Running if Chip Trainum yeah. and Steel Chambers, for sure. example, don't have to play specialized linebacker, if if all of that is the case and they can shift within 11, well, then you're not going to see some of these dumb penalties or get caught out of position in matchups. Yeah. And that's... No, yes. I, I agree. Because would you rather have 11 starters on defense or 40 starters on defense? <laughs> 40 seems good, but it's, it also creates a problem. 40. 40 capable 40, right, 40 guys who know what they're doing yeah. and can all contribute at the same level is what I would personally want as a coach. And it's hard to get to in if, college. If you're talking about <laughs> guys who've been through the fire, uh, yeah. you know, the guys that are here, but when you're Spencer, we're talking about Jim Knowles and Perry Eliano and Tim Walton. Tim Walton obviously comes to the NFL a little different, but Perry Eliano and Jim Knowles have never had anywhere near this amount of talent 
at their disposal. And I think that, like I already said, I, I do think that will force them to sort of be like, hey, maybe I can try this because I've never had player XYZ. I've had player ABC. I've never had LMNOP. Did you watch the 2021 Jaguars? I think Tim Walton's got some talent. Well, yeah. It, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they, I they guess, tell, the, this Buckeye team would get beat by 100 points by the Jaguars. I'm just kidding. But if, yeah. if I'm going to yeah. give a final That would been a great coaching matchup. Yeah. If I'm going to give a final takeaway from all, from today and everything that we've got to break down is. Oh, we're not even close to done, Spencer. Yeah, we're still well, filling up the defense here. <laughs> oh, so he's I guess, got some more to go. I guess I'll stay with the defense then. I think it's really interesting that, you know, I asked Jim Knowles about Tanner McAllister being a teacher in the, in the room, but also now that he gets on the field. And I think there's a little bit of a challenge for Tanner McAllister here because he's going to have to learn the new things that Jim Knowles wants to do with all of this talent, learn to get acclimated to this building and just everything that comes with being at Ohio State. But also, he's going to be you know, called upon, hey, you know, tap on the shoulder. Hey, what do I do here? Do you, can you explain this to me? What's Coach Knowles talking about here? And so he's got a lot on his plate this offseason. And I think that's one of the things everybody got excited when he committed and, and decided to show up here. But now he's got to make it translate to not only as a player and as a, of somebody who's got to get himself acclimated, but he's got to help, you know, maybe 40 different starters if Berm gets his way, get acclimated. He's going to be one of those 40. But you know what, speaking to your point, though, what, what Jim Knowles talked about, you know, the difference between here and Oklahoma State is just the speed across the board of these players, the athletic ability of these players. Speaking to your point, I mean, it's like now who can do it best, you know, and uh, or do it better. And I, if, I think if that's you've driven be, a Ford Taurus, right? Yeah. And you think, hey, nice car. It's a nice, reliable automobile. Good radio. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you get in a Corvette, and all of a sudden you start to feel a little bit different about how you can drive the car. And I think that right now, Jim Knowles probably... A lot of people crash leaving the uh, leaving the uh, Exactly. Line, so I think that. Jim Knowles is probably coming into this feeling like, I know how to drive. I've driven a nice, reliable Ford Taurus for years. He basically indicated that, though, <laughs> what but, you're just right, saying. Now, yeah. how do you put the, the pedal to the metal when you have a high-performance automobile? I think that's a little bit of an insult to the number three-ranked total defense in the country that's last not. year. But... There's I, more Ford Tauruses out there than there even are Corvettes. About, you even talked about the speed factor, but, but this man <laughs> Everyone is exactly drives a Taurus. Right. It's all about playing as a group, you know? That's his That's his chore. I think it was a great analogy. Thanks. I think I could poke holes in it, but we're not going to. We're going to move right. on. We should have talked about Honda Accords. Yeah, or, yeah, sure. Those are more readily if available. If you want a reliable Taurus. You're going to stay in the Chevy I thing. recommend Camaro to Corvette. going to Buyer's Auto and buying whatever I'd they I'd say have. more of the Impala to the Corvette. Think yeah. about that. Who, that transition, not in power. Yeah, they, they really State it. was pretty because they good. want to keep talking about cars, but I, I don't. I don't. Oklahoma State was pretty good though last year, as you just pointed out. Right, I mean, they won Bedlam, you know. <laughs> All right, so, so I mentioned that Harry Miller uh, is going to be out throughout the spring. So is Josh Fryer. He was a name that had come up a lot from uh, certainly with Spencer and I were at the combine, uh, both sides of the ball talking about him as a potential option. Uh, I don't know to push, maybe not be a starter, uh, but that's going to be a little bit tougher for him missing the spring. We'll see what happens uh, by August, but. With those two out, and I asked uh, about this a little bit, Paris Johnson is at left tackle. Matthew Jones is going to be at left guard. Luke Lippler is the center. And it certainly sounds like next to Dewan Jones is going to be Donovan Jackson. So we could have guessed that that would be the five. I thought maybe there'd be more push coming from them. I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. The same group that was out here first today, probably going to, if I had to guess, and all health uh, stays in place, that's the one that's going to play against Notre Dame. I'm a huge Josh Fryer fan. The upside with Donovan Jackson is higher, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to mean it, than any of the other offensive linemen on this roster. Uh, Donovan Jackson, as a recruit, is one of the highest-ranked offensive linemen I've ever covered. And, and guys, you just cannot find someone 
who's ever covered Donovan Jackson and say he doesn't do this well or poke a hole in in the the potential or the ceiling. So if he gets on the field and he is the starter all through the spring, no matter how good Josh Fryer has been, no matter how good anyone else has been, it is going to be hard to supplant him as the starter come August. So uh, you don't want to Wally say someone's being who, who's never started is being Wally pipped, but uh, it, this is the wrong time for another guard to not be able to participate. Absolutely, I, I agree. I completely agree, Berman. Uh, you know, I concur. It's pretty crazy. You don't talk to many recruiting experts that all have the same exact thing to say about somebody on the offensive line. Yeah. A lot of times it's quarterback or wide receiver. The offensive line, there was nobody who thought DeJuan, or Donovan Jackson couldn't do what he's about to do at Ohio State if he starts. I think it was almost a little bit of a challenge to Paris Johnson today. Like, hey, you're at left tackle. Like, And Kevin Wilson was like, we're going to see what we see out of him. And I think that's, you know, they know that he's going to be the starting left tackle. I don't think there's there's really much secret keeping to do. It's almost like Justin Fields and Matthew Baldwin are in a competition <laughs> to be the quarterback. Yeah, but but he still needs to be pushed, and he needs to continue to get better. I think back to that Josh Myers quote, if, if Paris Johnson leaves here without winning some hardware, something's gone wrong. And I think this is the time, not in the fall, to win that award. This right here in the spring, when there's really nobody looking over his shoulder to take that job, you know, there, He's, he's got a big challenge to continue to progress and be the best left tackle in the country because he's going to fly under the radar. He hasn't played left tackle before in college. Most of most people aren't really going to know his name other than from recruiting. And when he steps out on the field as a starting left tackle against Notre Dame, that's a good defensive line. He's going to have good defensive lines to go against you know, throughout the, the year. And, and I think he's got a big challenge in the spring to make sure that he solidifies himself among the best in the country in the fall. You know, I got too. I've got my eye on in the line, but on the other side, a guy who could really step forward and I think become, I thought he did last year to a certain extent as a freshman, but Tyleek Williams, I think has a chance to be very special. And uh, I'm, you know, and then you're down there and you're watching uh, Larry Johnson lead these guys through their drills, you know, and uh, like, like uh, Jim Knowles was talking about, just the aggressive uh, nature he wants this defense to play with. And you, you hear Larry Johnson using the word chaos chaos before some of the snaps and stuff and I just th those guys are going to set the tone they're that front four three and a half and two and a half whatever you want to call yeah, them, I mean that that, that's the thing how many defensive tackles can you on the field at a time I think they've got you know Teron Vincent is he you know is, does he have the bitten in his teeth he appeared to no. the first day of spring drills without pads on we'll see where it goes and Berm you predicted a, a big spring for Evan Pryor certainly looks like that's underway he's he just looks different and it's not yeah. you know obviously Trayvon Henderson's plenty fast Mayan Williams has done a great job when he's been given the ball but if you just watch even in these little drills we saw today there's a next gear to Evan Pryor that these other guys don't have and I briefly asked Kevin Wilson about it and I'm like is this the guy who you can use like Curtis Samuel got used and like uh you know th there was thoughts of using Dontre Wilson in that role he just never got was able to stay healthy or, yeah. or got big enough to do it yeah. Curtis Samuel did and I I think that there is a lot to it to compare what the Buckeyes could do with Evan Pryor uh with Curtis Samuel in 2016 because he's gonna have to get on the field it's been a long time since we've talked about the Dontre yeah. Wilson position yeah, for sure the pivot the Perry the Percy Harvin it's yeah. interesting to me that when we talked to Evan Pryor last year when he enrolled early, they said, uh, I think somebody asked him, what kind of running back are you? And he said, I'm a home run hitter. Yeah. And some guys just are. You know, Trayvon Henderson is a complete running back. Mayan Williams is a is a bowling ball with legs. And then Evan Pryor is just a home run hitter. But and you can't, you can't, be, you can't be just a home run hitter in this offense, though. You no, have you to can. be able to pick up five yards. And Nichols. He's it, got that next level, though, yeah. that any time he's on the field, if you get him the ball, 
there's a, a, a good chance that he's going to get a big chunk play because he's got just the right amount of speed with just the right amount of wiggle. I mean, he's put together, like you said, the Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, comparison is a pretty apt one, I think. I, I think that he could really thrive in an offense if they can get him the ball like that. Are we guilty of gushing? Always. Too much sometimes. Always. In the we, it, and you see the talent, and it's hard not to. I no, mean. that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I mean, I've been around this for a long time, and I just see – I mean, I see Cameron Martinez, for example. I mean, I just go, this guy is a player, man. And I'm just, and I'm looking at Evan Pryor, and I'm saying the same thing. There are teams that would love to have Evan Pryor. Oh, they're going to find a way to get I, him. I think, <laughs> exactly. I but, think you just, you, they hand you the roster on some fancy cardstock. Yeah. You come in here, and. And they're not wearing pads yet. You know? I think it's a, I mean, you raise a fair question, Tim, because I'm standing there thinking about what we saw and then listening to those coordinators and the head coach talk. Yeah. And they're not. I don't know Jim Knowles well enough, but I know the other two to say that they are not prone to hyperbole. Yeah. I think that this is the most talented team in the country. I think that they have identified what the problems were on the one side of the football, and they're not shirking away from what happened in the red zone or the rushing attack late in the year. And I'm just sitting there thinking, it's March. This team is capable of something really, really special. If, if and I don't know if yeah. they will. If you look at the other top teams in the country every year, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the this team has more returning talent than anyone in the country um, by a wide margin. And, you know, I think, you know, you asked at the start of this show, uh, what's one thing to take away? To me, the beauty of these types of practices are seeing the leap that a guy who, like Evan Pryor, from last year to this year, because that first year, these guys have no idea what they're doing. Even someone like Kyle McCord today, you saw a, he's not the starter, he knows that. Um, but he was very comfortable, confident. He was the first quarterback in all the line, like in the yeah. running down the field. It was yeah. him out running Stroud down the field. And, and those are the little things that like, this is the time in a program like this, you can't stand back because other guys are going to pass you. And I don't think that as a true freshman, you truly understand how much talent there is around you here. But that next, that next winter, you see it and you're like, wait a second. My window here is small, and there does appear to just be a different mindset. Until they play real football, though. Like we you, yeah. we were talking about, about the talent level, comparing it to other places across the country. Is this defensive line going to be that, like like a Georgia, like Alabama? Well, they certainly don't have like, that same no, size. I mean, will they just, like, just take over situations, I mean, which they had a couple of years ago. I don't think they had that last year for the most part. Uh, I'm talking about in the big-time situations. Uh, that's what. That's where a leap I think needs to be taken again, or or move back to that level. And then, man, I think the you know Katie bar the door. Yeah, that's the uh, practice report takeaway. Ohio State is gonna be good. We don't even need to cover the rest of the spring. We already know it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess we should anyway, though. That's uh, Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. The first of many uh, to come here in March and April with the Ohio State Buckeyes, and we're gonna have full coverage of Ohio State all year long at LettermanRow.com. Uh, stay tuned for a lot more there and on our YouTube channel where you probably just found us. This has been the Practice Report. Again, it's always brought to you by Byers Auto.